<sighs> I better stop yawning. Yeah, Jesus. But you wore your nice, uh, your nice button up. You didn't have to get dressed up for the recording. I wanted to wear something long sleeve because it is starting to get a little bit of a chill in the air here in Portland. Same. Yeah, it's getting chilly. Getting... It's like ten degrees here. Yeah, I feel like uh, we were in like the middle of summer, and then for two weeks I couldn't go outside because everything was on fire, and suddenly we're in fall. Yeah, and it's it, you I was know like, what? what? Did I miss something? It's going to last for two days, and then October 3rd is going to be like 75 (laughs) degrees again. Yeah, what temperature is it? 68 degrees? That's not too bad. That's not too bad. That's not too cold. Although, okay, after the wet out there today. After after the couple of weeks that you've had, that'll feel pretty chilly. Yeah. You got accustomed to it being in the 80s. (laughs) I don't have that. I don't have that spicy lungs feeling. Ooh, mm, a spicy lung. <laughs> Mamma mia, Mamma that's mia. a spicy lung. <laughs> uh, you know those uh, those O2 bars in LA? Have you, have oh, you, God, yeah. Have you seen those? those uh, you get like a hit of oxygen or whatever. Like pure oxygen has like different scents or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. flavors. <laughs> Are they going to do a spicy lung? <laughs> God. A, a commemorative commemorative smoke <laughs> shot that <laughs> it's a crossover with sriracha Ooh, yes and really all it is is just like pepper spray <laughs> <laughs> sponsored by portland police bureau oh oh jesus yeah i guess that <laughs> i wasn't thinking of that connotation How, let's too. see i'm trying to think of any substance you could put in a shot of air that would make it feel warm and like spicy without actually damaging you <laughs> yeah that's a fair point because that's think. just like smoke yeah you would have to you'd have to burn something right but you couldn't i don't know that you could do that in a safe way let's unless it's let's, like superheated air let's let's make this a little bit more practical if you could make a cocktail that represented 2020 that has to be okay. It has to be consumable by a person without harming okay. them. Okay, <laughs> because my immediately my immediate thought was like, I don't know if you ever did this, but when I was a kid, you would like go around like rummaging under the kitchen counters and just make like a potion that's just like all the random shit that's like uh, Drano and like random medicines, and just pour it into like a cup. Oh you wouldn't drink it, God, obviously. What the fuck? But just as out of curiosity to see what would happen if you mixed a lot of things together. No, I have never done that. What <laughs> I the feel hell? like that would be I feel like I got the idea from uh what's that rolled doll book? It's not BFG. It's it's one of the shorter stories where someone makes some random potions and it makes their grandma like a giant or something. And they like feed it to the yeah. chickens, and the chickens become giant. I'm gonna look it up. Okay, but no, I'm thinking like, like an actual. Here's a thing that you're gonna find in a bar. An actual year. drink. Yeah. I I I'm gonna say Fireball has to be in there somewhere. I think a shot of Fireball whiskey definitely has to 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 play a role. Maybe an entire stick of cinnamon. Like, I want it to burn going all the way down. <laughs> yeah, that would not be... I feel like 
See, fireball is too good, though. You have to add nastier things That's to true. it to make it unpleasant. Okay. Still edible, but unpleasant. Here we go. A white Russian, but with a dollop of sriracha, an entire cinnamon stick, and Ugh. a dash of nutmeg. That sounds like it might actually be good to the right palate. It it's like it's like an extremely spicy eggnog, but with vodka. Okay, I found the book I was talking about. Okay, what's what's it called? R- Roll Doll, George's Marvelous Medicine. The plot is this kid is being bullied by his evil grandma, and to punish her for her abuse. George, who's like eight, decides to make a magic medicine to replace her old one. So he runs around the house collecting things like deodorant, shampoo, floor polish, horseradish sauce, gin, engine oil, and antifreeze and paint. And she, he gives it to his grandma and she grows as tall as the house and smashes through the roof. Oh, okay. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up. I have questions. A child a... poisons his grandma. Yeah, he, he is attempting murder, is what you're saying. To be fair, she is abusive. E- okay. Sure. That's different from murderous. Uh, anyway, um, the book ends huh. by them trying to like recreate the exact formula he used, just like... Uh, how they tried to recreate Captain America's super soldier serum. Oh my God. Uh, but they can't do it. And so he makes another potion and the grandma is like, give me that. I, w- I want to try it. And so she drinks it and she shrinks so much that she just entirely vanishes. She just pops out of existence. Oh, like in, uh, like in Michael Crichton's uh, timeline. Yeah, yeah, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so everyone's like, oh, man, my grandma... Uh, like his parents come home and they're like she they're like very distraught and then she like well she was becoming kind of a nuisance huh <laughs> and well, they just get on with their suck, lives so <laughs> she she was an awful person so if she completely <laughs> vanished maybe it's a good thing yeah yeah huh Roald Dahl wrote some fucked up shit in hindsight he really did he really did you know, but maybe there's a lesson there. If you're a terrible grandma, you will shrink into nothingness. <laughs> that that's the the real the moral of the story. <laughs> if you, don't be a terrible grandma, or your kids will make a potion that erases you from existence. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's something that we can all take to heart and uh, really act on every day. I'm going to do my best every day to not be a horrible grandma. As we enter into a new season of life, go forth and think daily on how not to be a horrible grandma so your kids won't poison you. (laughs) Every day, write down three ways in which you will not be a horrible grandma today. (laughs) Write them down in your Not a Horrible Grandma journal, available on our website for (laughs) $29.99. Available in the gift shop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with a free tote with a free tote bag that says not a horrible grandma <laughs> that's our first yam pod merch not a horrible grandma tote bags 
I'd be into that. I could, I could, I could see us selling some some merch along those lines. That'd be fun. I bet Lauren would be able to make up something interesting like that. Oh yeah, no. See, see, she's she's be the perfect person to ask because she could do both calligraphy and embroidery, so it could look like a exactly. really fancy pillow. <laughs> do you want to do this intro to the show? I really do. You want my special card? I think I'm entitled. You want rare card? I want the blue eyes white dragon. You can't handle the blue eyes white dragon. It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week we're talking about season three, episode seven, Courtroom Chaos, part one. So many numbers when I do it that way. <laughs> There's so many numbers in this one, and there's so many, like, colons and, like, other random punctuation when you announce the whatever-the-hell our end segment is. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! Season 2, Kong, Enter the Task Dungeon. See, I'm going to keep adding titles to the Task Dungeon, I think. It's just going to continue to get longer. <laughs> Featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. <laughs> Ooh, can we and get Knuckles. him in the mix? That'd be fun. And Knuckles, yes. <laughs> Um, Jimmy, before we talk about Yu-Gi-Oh, I need you to explain this note that you've made in our, our show notes. You've been playing Among Us, is that right? Yes. Uh, I finally have been able to play something that isn't Final Fantasy XIV, uh, but with the same group of people. I've been playing Among Us, uh, which I think has been out for a couple of years, but just yeah. recently kind of exploded into prominence, at least in the English-speaking world. Yeah, I, I think saw... it was famous among portuguese or something oh interesting i i remember seeing especially in the last couple of weeks like a bunch of people talking about among us and i definitely thought it was a zombie game and then i saw the screenshots and they're like little they're little tic-tac men yeah they're little tic-tac astronauts yeah so what so what's the game among us is a game played between five and ten people where you are a crew of little tic-tac astronauts on a spaceship, um, and you have to run around doing various tasks on the spaceship, except one of you is, like, an, an imposter, and the imposter's goal is to kill everyone else on the ship. Okay. And oh, so you okay. run around doing your tasks, uh, and uh, the imposter will run around trying to kill people, and once, like, uh, you can find a body... And then there's an emergency meeting called and you have to discuss who you think the imposter is and why that is. And then everyone votes on who to kick out of the ship and like chuck out the airlock. And so a lot of times they'll get it wrong and they won't be the imposter and you just killed your friend and you can watch their body drift slowly off into space. And the tension gets higher and higher as more and more of the crewmates die and the imposter can also, like, crawl through vents, and they can also, like, sabotage parts of the ship, like, trying oh. to, like, melt down the reactor. And so everyone will have to run over there to stop it from reacting or melting down. Or, like, they can shut off all the lights, or they can shut down the oxygen, that kind of stuff. Huh. And so it's kind of like Werewolf, if you've ever played Werewolf. Yeah. Okay. It's basically like that, except it's... Uh, top-down, little cutesy art style. Uh, it's free on iOS right now, I think. Oh. It's also on Steam for like five bucks, but it's cross-platform. Oh, 
Okay. It sounds like I would hate it. It sounds it horrible. It really depends to me. on how good you are at lying. Bad. Very bad. <laughs> to the Okay, here's the And problem, how good actually. you are at like sneaking around too. Horrible. And here's the worst problem is not only am I bad at that, but whenever there's a situation where one person is lying and it's known that one person is lying and I am not lying, I come across as a person who's you lying. You sound suspicious. Yes. Because I get so nervous that, that people will think that I am the traitor. That's happened to me several times because I'm just so bad at lying. It's. I mean, one of those horrible. times, uh, they're going to be up to like two traitors, I think. Uh, and one of those times they accused me of being the traitor and killing someone and, and I got vented, but I was not the one who killed that person. I just sounded suspicious enough that they kicked me. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, that's just my, my anxiety would be too high at all points, <laughs> especially if I were the traitor, because then I would have to like, not I would have to find some way to not sound like the traitor, but I can never do that even when I'm not the traitor. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, if you play it enough, people will just get used to the way you sound all the time. And be oh, like, oh, that's you can't true. be the traitor. That's just how Tyler sounds. He always That's sounds true. Guilty. You got to play with the same people. Yeah. Mm. Huh. Okay. That... I haven't played mm. with randos yet. I've just played with like some of the my friends so i can't say how it feels in just with a, a bunch of random people but with friends it's pretty fun hmm okay okay i might give it a shot i probably won't <laughs> <laughs> you know what that's fair but it's just a, a fun little distraction nice and the memes have been I... very fun to to see i i i understand i think how people feel about it mm -hmm. i'm glad that there's something in the zeitgeist that is fun yeah it, it's a it's a blast and i'm like it's an indie game and like three people worked on it like five years ago and suddenly they're like rolling in money now so good for them support yeah, good indie for them. developers yeah well cool okay uh was there anything else you wanted to, to talk about before we get into the episode or should we just... No, nah, let's talk about the episode. All right. I feel like after our, our fucking 30-minute <laughs> diatribe last <laughs> week, we should we should maybe talk about some Yu-Gi-Oh! this week. Let's give the people what they want, what they came here for. Let's talk about some Yu-Gi-Oh!'s. <laughs> Part of a balanced breakfast. <sighs> uh, okay. It's time to discuss the episode... This week, as I said, Season 3, Episode 7, Courtroom Chaos, Part 1. The translated title is Deckmaster Judgeman's Judgment. <laughs> Deckmaster Judgeman's Judgment. Judgeman. Do, 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 do. <laughs> uh, the summary is Joey faces the Big Five's lawyer, Johnson, in a courtroom duel. Joey pulls an early lead with his deckmaster flame swordsman, but Johnson's deckmaster judgeman has abilities of his own. Johnson's deckmaster. I just want to I just want to break apart that summary real quick because there's so many things that like if you don't watch Yu-Gi-Oh are just 
nonsense words. Like it's half nebulous. Of, half of this, like yes, they're English words, but this is not the English language. If you didn't know what the show is about, this would be completely opaque. Joey pulls an early lead with his deck master. Okay, cool. Comma flame swordsman. What is that? <laughs> Johnson's deck master. Uh, all right. Judge man. Bigger part. Sure. Has abilities of his own. Okay. What? Yeah. <laughs> like... That's the definition of deck masters. That's like all the right. whole point. They're there. Yeah, that's what they do. It just, it, it, for whatever reason, that summary really reminded me of talking about Naruto as a kid. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but like talking about an episode of Naruto with a friend and like somebody's parents over here and they're just like, none of what you're saying is English. None of what you're saying are, are words. You're talking about Hokages and, and uh, 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 Shitsus and uh, uh, Ninjutsus, you know, like none of this is real. <laughs> That was me explaining Bionicle to my parents. And my dad was like, you know, when you were a kid, you watched Thomas the Tank Engine. Everyone had names like Thomas and Percy. And now you're to- talking about Pohatu? Kopaka Nuva? <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. You know, I, as, as a child, we preferred childlike things. And now that we're grown, we cast those things aside and in favor of uh, uh, grown-up things. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, okay, so in the episode, the first thing that I was struck by that I want to share is in the intro, I'm reminded yet again that this show has like seven villains this season and somehow none of them are Merrick. Yeah, there's all these like a, bad guys in suits that we've never seen before and none of them is like the actually evil, like, nigh-omnipotent ancient evil spirit that we met last season and who's still, like, there in the same room as them. Just chilling, apparently. Yeah. Ostensibly, like, Merrick could be watching all of this. Yeah. Uh, Merrick could at any time just walk over to wherever Noah is and mind control him and then kill everyone in the... Whatever ship that they're in. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Where Where is Merrick? What's he doing? What's he what, up to? You know, these are all I'm great really questions. Hoping, <laughs> I'm really hoping at some point soon we'll get a, a an episode in the actual blimp in real space uh, to show us what's going on with, like, actual magic. Yeah, because there's... I'm trying to think of who all is on the, on the blimp still. Uh, Merrick... Ishizu, Odeon. Is Odeon conscious? No, but he's on the blimp. He's with Ishizu. He's on the blimp. Mai is there. Mai's there. Presumably Shadi. Who knows where Shadi is? I assume that he must have gone there. He's... He can turn invisible, but like... Yeah, but he can't like teleport. No, and that blimp was at official dueling altitude. There's no way he was jumping. (laughs) He also has an invisible parachute. Oh, okay. All right. Fair, <laughs> fair. Uh, yeah, ev- like everyone uh, on the blimp besides the like flight crew has like actual magical powers that they can right. be using right now. Right. And they're just hanging out, I guess. <laughs> they're all just there, cool. there needs to be a blimp bottle episode to show us what's going on 
while everyone else is like fucking around in this video game. <laughs> Meanwhile, these like actual spirits have who have like magical powers are off doing what exactly? I want to see that. I love the way that you said fucking around in this video game like it's no big deal. Ho <laughs> fucked around, got my body stolen. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- there are actual stakes, but yeah. it's not real real like magic is. <laughs> Damn it. Yes, you're right, Jimmy. It is not real I mean, like magic. These people are wielding the power of ancient Egyptian gods. But no, let's uh let's spend an entire season messing around in virtual reality. Yeah, sure, why not? Sounds great. Let's see how Yugi does in Beat Saber. This actually <laughs> Hold up. I would like to see that. <laughs> uh, okay, in the actual episode, though, uh, Noah is starting to think that it's time for him to step in because the Big Five are incompetent. Who would have thought that these, like, businessmen would be just completely bad at this children's card game, whom their chief rival is, like, a master of? Yeah, I... Also, everyone else that they kidnapped is also a master of. Right, right, exactly. That's the that's the thing from the first episode of this season of like, oh, we could kill you now, but <laughs> let's give <laughs> but you... But we're not gonna. That wouldn't be sporting. <laughs> we're gonna give you a chance to beat us at the thing you're best at. Right. Uh, he, he's, he's considering, Noah's considering just jumping in himself, I guess. Uh, but he gets a call from Johnson. Uh, Three out of five. (laughs) Right. You know, Johnson, Johnson. From Johnson and Johnson. (laughs) We've got Crump. We've, we've got, what was the first guy's name? Gansley. Gansley. We've got Gansley, Crump, and Johnson. I'm trying to remember the names of the other two. It literally does not matter yet. It, I can't. I can't summon <laughs> it from my mind. Um, Lecter, Nesbit. Oh my god! Nesbit. I forgot what about Nesbit. <laughs> Mrs. Nesbit. Uh, I wonder how many birthdays I've forgotten just to pull Lecter and Nesbit <laughs> out of my fucking ass. Um, I can only hold so much information in my brain. Most of it is Homestar Runner references, so <laughs> sorry, Mom's birthday. Yeah, well... <laughs> I have to remember Nesbit now. Although, Homestar Runner references are definitely worth it. Definitely, oh, absolutely sure. worth it. Uh, was there anything else in the Noah scene? Uh, it just occurred to me, watching this, that the Big Five are sick of this teenager running their company, so they're working with a second teenager to defeat the first teenager. Yes, because what better weapon to defeat a teenager with than a second teenager? I use the teenager to destroy the teenager. Well, they tried using Perfectly Pegasus. Balanced. They already tried using Pegasus. They tried using a grown-up, and that didn't work. Clearly, we need to go younger. Right. <laughs> they After just this... keep getting progressively younger and younger children until they just, there's just like a baby doodling Yugi, and he's like, what the fuck is this? I'm 5,000 years old. Do you expect me to duel a toddler? Oh, I, w- I was going to say after that, a pregnant woman will <laughs> learn to duel. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it, it, I, I guess that's a different discussion. Um, it, yeah, it's it's funny, again, that these are presumably like five... <sighs> Ruling members is the only word that comes to mind, but I know that's not right. They're the, they're the chairman of the board of one of the most powerful companies in the world. 
Yeah. They they didn't get to where they are by being stupid. No. <laughs> and this is the best plan they can come up with. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> what what is actually happening here? Kidnapping children, putting them in a video game, then in the video game playing a card game. Sure. That sounds <laughs> Genius. logical. Why not? Good job, Johnson. You're getting a raise. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Johnson yeah. is here. He gets a video call. Uh, he video calls Noah. Noah straight up, I think, threatens to delete their brains. Yeah. Yeah. He like slowly reaches towards a big button and he's like, well. On his like chair armrest. Right. Which is, I mean, again, I would like this setup very much. Having a keyboard <laughs> built on my armrest. Yes, please. Uh, but he, he, he says something about like deleting them. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little ominous. Yeah, and it's, you know, I mean, we know that Noah's a bad guy, but he's basically threatening murder, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, Johnson pleads for his life, basically. Literally, yeah. And he reminds them, he reminds Noah specifically, like, you forget, like, our, our one mission is to take over the teenage bodies and rejoin <laughs> the real world, because otherwise we're just digital brains, and we're going to... We're going to fight because our cause is pure, I guess. Yeah. Remind you the stakes that we're in. We need these bodies or else we're trapped here. We have strong motivation to continue working on this project of our dueling current, these children. Our current number of bodies is zero. We need to increase production to at least three bodies. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, Noah's just like, yeah, okay, I'll give you one more chance. And then we cut to Joey playing Luigi's Mansion 4. <laughs> well, before that, there's just like three seconds of Kaiba. Oh, yeah. yeah Kaiba yeah. and Mokuba are still wandering through that forest. Right. Kaiba tries calling the blimp, but it's no use because uh, their cell signal is blocked. Or is it? Or is it? Is it digital, 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 digital? <laughs> is that what digital sounds like? Yeah, that is what digital sounds like. Uh, I should have said virtual. That's actually on me. <laughs> that sounds like every like when you go to some random like non-major theater chain, and it's like their their own like intro logo movie before the movie starts playing. Yeah, and it's just some like CG rendered scene that you're like flying around in and they're like showing off all the like sound effects they can do with their sound system. It's like digital, digital audio. All around you. That's my least <laughs> favorite one. I hate that one. It's creepy. Uh, yeah. So, so that happens. That's like a, th like you said, like a three second shot. Uh, and Man, then, then we cut I to miss, Joey. I miss going to theaters. That's all. No, I'm still you know mad. What? The last movie I saw in a theater was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> oh, actually. Yeah. Okay. That's not great. I think the last movie I saw in a theater, I'm trying to think. At least it wasn't cats. <laughs> that's true. I still haven't seen cats. I think the last movie I saw in a theater I'm trying to remember what order I saw these movies in. Cause I think we saw the Downton Abbey movie before Christmas. And then I saw star Wars episode nine with you mm. around Christmas. 
have I been to a movie theater since then? I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah, unless there's something that I'm really forgetting, in which case it probably wasn't that good of a movie. Well, it'd be pretty bad for you to rem- not remember that, but remember Star Wars Episode Nine. Yeah, that was a that was a letdown. Uh, anyway, anyway, so uh, yeah, so Joey's wandering around in a mansion, doing exactly what I would do, wandering around in an empty mansion, and that is yelling at nothing, <laughs> making vague threats, and kicking walls. Yeah, he's still wandering around this like Pegasus-like chateau mm-hmm. that he found himself in. And I realized there's sure for an anime, there sure are a lot of like French chateaus. Yeah, there is kind of an interesting there there's an interesting obsession with like French chateaus, English forests, uh you know, magic castles, that sort of thing. Like there's a lot of yeah. a lot of that influence here. Uh specifically in Yu-Gi-Oh! and Actually, kind of, kind of a lot in Zatch Bell too, because isn't Zatch founded in English forest, like specifically oh, yeah. English forest? Man, what is with Japan's obsession with English forests? I mean, are they that fun. good? Have you been to an English forest? I've been to an English forest. It's fine. <laughs> Nothing to make an anime about, though. Uh, I mean, not that I've seen, but I haven't been to like all the British forests. Maybe there's, maybe there's like, a few that are haunted. Uh, well, do some research and get back to me. Yeah, 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 I will do. <laughs> I want to see a Stonehenge anime. That'd be fun. Don't know what it would I be mean, about, but, you know. There's kind of, there's, uh, what's it, Dr. Stone? That's kind of the same thing. Beg your pardon? Dr. Stone? The anime? Dr. Dr. Stone. Dr. Stone is an anime, sorry for another aside but dr stone is an anime about uh the entire world getting spun like every person in the world gets turned to stone and then like thousands and thousands of years later everything has kind of collapsed except for all these stone statues of people still around and one of them unfreezes and it's this high school kid and like one of his friends um and they have to like rebuild society like using basic science why does he have onion hair? <laughs> Why does he look like a leek? That's just how he looks. He's an anime character. Why does Yugi right. have lightning hair? Fair. Fair. Okay. Huh. I have never heard of this before. All right. Dr. Stone. I'll add, I'll add that to my list. Uh, okay. That's... We need to... We need to... Yeah. <laughs> it's been... It's been 15 minutes, so we're t- two minutes into the episode. Uh... Joey is wandering around. He randomly kicks a wall. Yeah. <laughs> and and the it's the wall... fucking shittiest wall in existence because it entirely crumbles. Yeah, it like the drywall falls apart and he kicks it again and it's a secret door, it turns out. Joey's been drinking too many monster energies. He punches <laughs> a hole in the drywall. And he yells, been, uh, I'm tired of waiting for your suit-wearing, deal-making, pencil-necked geeks. <laughs> Boy's been eating his spinach. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it's a secret door. He kicks it open. Or, no, first he considers, he considers knocking, and then he kicks it open. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, and it it reveals the hangar where the blimp uh, is is parked. Wow. Da 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 da. Good thing this digital maze can be solved with a good swift kick. Yeah, it turns out like season all technology. Three is... Oh like yeah, all technology, that's technology. It can be uh, fixed with some uh, percussive maintenance. Right. <laughs> yeah. Really, it. really, the only two tools you need to fix electronics are a hammer and tweezers. A hammer <laughs> for when you're frustrated, and tweezers to pick up the pieces. Yep. So it's like, oh shit, it's the blimp, and he runs inside. Um, it's apparently completely deserted. So he realizes Mai's room, the door to Mai's room is open, which is creepy. He's mm-hmm. like, Merrick has better not have been like creeping in here, being weird. Being Merrick. Um, being Merrick, stealing brains and whatever. Uh, he finds Mai in there, still unconscious with her mind in the Shadow Realm. Uh, and suddenly she... St- uh, wakes up and she stands up in front of Joey and she speaks in Johnson's voice. Ah! <gasps> oh no! <God. laughs> Which is even worse, I think. Like, yeah. It, it's, I think the most unsettling that Johnson doesn't have a weird voice. He just sounds like a guy. Yeah, like he's not like Gansley where everything is like, ma'am, I'm a businessman and I'm going to talk like I've been smoking 50 cigars and 16 of them are still in my mouth. (laughs) But yeah, he, this is like, this is the first time I think that we've gotten to see the end result of their plan where he's just stolen someone else's body Mm -hmm. and his mind now inhabits it. But it's not actually my, it's just kind of another digital illusion. And he shapeshifts into his regular form, his own projected self, which is a guy with glasses in a suit. Yeah, uh, he he looks like... Uh, He's a lawyer. Yeah, normal background character number three. Yep. Uh, he is, in fact, the official Kaiba Corp lawyer. So you would think this guy must be pretty smart. <laughs> you would think. You would think. I like his. Uh, I, I like his. I like his intro line actually, because Joey is like freaking out about like, ah, oh, my, oh no, like you've been taken over, uh, and he's like, no, you're in the virtual world, Joey. <laughs> Nothing is as it seems. It's on the packaging. I do want to point out uh, from this moment on, he never says Joey. He refers to him exclusively as Joseph. Oh, that's right. That's right. Pardon me. Well, <laughs> is, that is his legal name. It's his legal name, and that is how he will be referred to by this lawyer. Every single time, it's Joseph Wheeler. Joseph. 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 Uh, and apparently, uh, we are in Ace Attorney now. Johnson has never lost a case in his life, uh, so Johnson is Prosecutor Edgeworth. Oh! <gasps> He is. Wait, is he... It's not the same voice actor, though, right? No, I don't, I don't think so. That'd be amazing if it was. That would be incredible. Uh, but yeah, the the room spins, and the blimp turns into a courtroom. For dueling. For dual court. Welcome to dual court. <laughs> You've heard of night court. Now get ready for night court. With a K. God, that's bad. 
Uh, it's surprising me that this is like the one guy who actually tries to explain his motivations. Like he starts talking to Joey to like present his case as to why he deserves, uh, why he's like taking him to court in order to like get his body and escape this horrible realm. And Joey's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's do it. I don't know. I think I think Crump had pretty decent motivations. You know, he wanted to build a, a penguin theme park. That seems a reasonable <laughs> reason to want to take over a teenage girl's body. I get it. Uh, this guy just wants his body back. Yeah. Well, anybody will do. He's, Joey's he's, body will do. Right. He's sick of being digital. He's sick of being digital. Uh, this young man from Brooklyn uh, is an optional is an optimal choice. For available bodies. Sure. Why not? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, okay, so they banter. And then Johnson... Johnson does his transformation sequence. And he turns into Judge Man. Judge Man. You know, Judge Man. <laughs> How would you describe Judge Man? Because he doesn't really look like a judge, except for the part where he's up where a judge would be sitting at the front of the courtroom. I He looks more like a like a grizzled old king. Yeah. He looks like He looks like an orc. He does. He looks a like bit. a wizened orc. He's got the yeah, he's got the fangs. The thing that always throws me is this like crown that he wears. I'm trying has... to figure out what that's supposed to like represent. Well, so it it reflects the uh, I'm trying to remember the name for it, but the like arrows of it's not chaos, is it like determinism? Um, but it's, it's the, oh, it's the symbol of chaos. That's what it is. The symbol of chaos is eight arrows pointing in the four cardinal directions and then the four diagonals, uh, all, all coming from a, a center. Uh, okay. Also called the arrows of chaos, the chaos star, the chaos cross, the chaos sphere, or the symbol of eight. Uh, I've never heard of this before. Yeah, so you see it pop up a lot in like fucking D and D, right? Like this is where the um, the the oh, fucking uh, like pantheon there comes from, or the the lawful good, lawful evil uh, alignments. Mm-hmm. That's the word uh, where that comes from. So I keep thinking that it's like an alignment chart, and I I guess the I guess the symbolism here is that like because he's wearing the symbol of chaos he has like a power over it like he You're has some sort of authority a lot over into chaos. this into this the symbolism of this weird crown i am he only I has am. six arrows though not eight so that's he true control like two-thirds or three quarters of all the chaos. Right. Yeah. He he can't control. Uh, what would those be? Lawful evil and chaotic evil. Just neutral evil. <laughs> uh. Yeah. The the I am definitely reading into it because the the text on the card just says this club wielding warrior battles to the end and will never surrender. Then why is he a judge? Why is he a judge? He doesn't have a gavel or anything. He's got two maces. I don't know, man. 
why is he a judge? I just tried Googling Judge Man backstory. The first thing that comes up is Judge Dread. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine uh, Yugi doing Judge Dread? Oh, that would be a much better episode. That would be an amazing episode. Could you imagine? <laughs> Judge Dread just like immediately shoots him. The end. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> end of show. Uh, okay, so he turns into Judge Man. He does have a good line here where he says, the Honorable Judge Man presiding. Which I guess is uh, a real smug thing to say if you were the Judge Man. Yeah, it is kind of a dick move to call yourself Honorable, I guess. I don't know that I you really get title. to... You don't really get to say that about yourself. Uh, okay, yeah, m- maybe... Maybe like, you know, with reverend, I guess technically you do call yourself like reverend means you're revered. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's time to duel. Uh, Joey picks Flame Swordsman as his deck master. Uh, it's Big the surprise. same thing that he gets as everyone else where he gets all the cards floating in front of him and he picks uh, out the ones he wants in his deck. I'm I I I I'm both not surprised and maybe a little surprised I guess that Flame Swordsman is his pick. I did expect and I think I may have said when we were trying to predict these. I I did expect it to be Time Wizard. Hmm. But also Flame Swordsman can talk, which we see right away. Flame Swordsman can talk and he it's interesting hearing Flame Swordsman having a voice. He's very yeah. like respectful of Joey. Now, sir, I am here to protect you, and I will do everything in my power to do what's right. <laughs> yeah, he sounds exactly like that. Uh, and uh, it's time to duel. Duel, duel. Oh, I have in my notes here uh, that Flame Swordsman is effectively voiced by Dave Batista. I can see it. It's it's uh, it's Drax. From, yep. from Guardians, yeah. Uh, so, okay, so Judge Man, fucking Johnson, <laughs> goes first. Uh, he plays Hysteric Angel, which is maybe the most sexist name for a card. We'll see. I don't know. It doesn't seem very hysteric at all. It's, a, is, it's a girl angel in it's business. It's a girl angel lawyer. Yeah. Like... Okay, sure. Use that term, I guess. Single female lawyer fighting for her client, wearing sexy <laughs> miniskirts and being self-reliant. Yeah, it's just uh, a lawyer angel woman. So she's there. I, she's there. Uh, uh, and I noticed that just like... I want to point out that a lot of the time when Johnson's speaking, he does that anime glasses thing where he just kind of... Point pokes him up on his face and they glint. Mm-hmm. Then he brings out Hysteric Angel who also has glasses and also does the anime glasses thing. See, now that's the way to build a, a dual monsters deck. You just put monsters that wear glasses so that all of you can simultaneously push them up your nose <laughs> and have them glint in the sun. All according to plan. And then you all and do it it'd be so, <laughs> It'd be so <laughs> radiant that it would blind your opponent so you can win. So he's got Hysteric Angel out. Joey summons Gearfried, the Iron Knight. Uh, and Flame Swordsman's um, Deckmaster ability comes into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flame Swordsman can lower his attack points 
uh, to give attack points to any card that Joey brings out. Yeah, Which so... tells me, something tells me this is going to come back to bite him. Uh, yeah, that was kind of the implication, because he gets, as soon as he figures it out, he, like, goes kind of ham on it, and, like... Yeah, I don't know, he uses I, the like, ability with, like, every monster, and yeah. we just keep seeing Flame Swordsman's attack points go lower and lower. Like, at some point, he's going to have to bring out Flame Swordsman, and his attack points are going to be, like, 200 or something. He's going to be like, ah, oh no. Now, okay. We also saw Joey pick, uh, is it graceful dice and like doom dice? I don't remember. So there's, there's those two cards that he used in the duel against Esperoba where he like rolls the dice and adds attack points to his monster. And then there's a different card that's the same thing, but he rolls the dice and removes attack points from the attacking monster. Hmm. Are we going to see a scene in the next episode where he has to summon Flaming Swordsman with 200 attack points and then uses both those cards to win the duel? I think so. Tyler, what's the card that swaps everyone's attack and defense points? Do you remember what that is? Is it Sword and Shield? Maybe, because I could see Judge Man coming out with like, a bunch of attack points and Joey having like nothing. And then Joey just swaps them and wins. Yeah. All I can think of is the magic card, which is sort of feast and famine. Um, there's a, f- oh, okay, never mind. There's a whole bunch of cards that have that effect. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, there shield we go. and sword, I think is the one I'm thinking of. There's like 50 things that do the thing we're talking about. Perform age mirror conductor. Naturia Beetle, Lindbloom, Fossil Dragon, Skulgios, Chaos King, Archfiend. Okay, here's here's the last one. Blackwing, Ghibli the Searing Wind. <laughs> what? Ghibli uh, the Searing Wind. <laughs> Spelled like, like Studio, Studio Ghibli. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's actually it actually looks pretty badass. This is a pretty cool card. I'm into that. Um, oh, yeah. It's a yeah. it's a bird with like six wings. Mm-hmm. Black wings, like red and black. Yeah. Those wings are black. Any, yes. Anyway, yeah, I do think that's what's going to happen to uh, to Flame Swordsman here. The the first thing that he does is he boosts Gearfried the Iron Knights. Also, every time I wrote down Gearfried, I initially wrote Gear Friend and had to go back <laughs> and like fix it. No, Gear Friend is. Um... Beta the Magnet Warrior. Our little uh, gear friend. Yes. Thank you, my little gear friend. Uh, so Gearfried attacks and kills uh, the angel. And then Joey summons little Wingard and boosts its attack as well. And then has little Wingard attack Judgeman's face down card, which is Sklangle, who we saw in Taya's duel with Crump. Uh, and when Skalangle gets killed, Judgeman can draw a card, so he does. Gearfriend, <laughs> Gearfried, pardon me again. Uh, attacks again. Did Judgeman have a turn that I missed? I did not write any of this down, so your guess oh, okay. is good as mine. It's basic so it- dual stuff. I think I think they skip something because Gearfried attacks again and hits Judgeman directly, uh, and then Judgeman has actually a 
a pretty good line here. Uh, and by good, I mean very bad. Because he goes, foolish boy, he doesn't realize I've let him get ahead. For it's not the beginning of the trial that counts, it's the final verdict. <laughs> yeah, everything uh, Johnson says in this entire episode is some like trial or lawyer joke. Just like how I mean, Crump's thing was like penguin jokes. Everything he says is courtroom humor. It's better than fucking Gansley's business puns. <laughs> Everything is better than Gansley. <laughs> Nothing rhymes with orange. Everything's better than Gansley. <laughs> uh, so uh, he says that and then he plays Mystical Elf and uh, another face down card. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we cut to yeah. Yugi and Taya on ice. They're still in this frozen wasteland. The the uh, dual the dual capades. <laughs> the dual capades. That's that's the next series is with the dual taining. Like after they get ah. on on motorcycles or whatever mm-hmm. and like doing like tricks on stage, the, the next step is ice skating while dueling. Right. So after after arc five, they uh they, they take it to the streets and then to the ice skating rinks. <laughs> Street dueling. <laughs> I mean that's basically Battle City. That basically is Battle Well, Battle City was like officially sanctioned by the state and Kaiba Corp. So I I that's not like underground street dueling. That's just that's more of like a farmers market dueling. <laughs> yes. Yes, sure. The farmers market of dueling. Well, uh, farmers market is too like grassroots. It'd be more like Amazon shutting down Seattle to have Amazon stuff happen in the streets. Ah, I see. It would be it would be Amazon shutting down Seattle to be a giant mechanical Turk. <laughs> exactly. All right, everyone, get out there and make us some dang product. Get out there and click some things. <laughs> uh, okay, so Yugi and Taya on ice. Yeah, they're still wandering in this like frozen wasteland. And it's very much like a cartoon Antarctica where it's like a flat sheet of ice that they're walking on. It's not yeah, really and snow. it's like, it's conveniently not slippery. Yeah, they're just walking around. They're freezing cold. Uh, Yugi gives her his coat. Aww. Aww. Um, and so they're, they're just walking around wondering how Tristan and Duke and Serenity are doing. And it keeps cutting back and forth to be like, ah, they're okay. Cut to Team Love Triangle, like, hanging out in this, like, swamp and, like, sneezing and accusing each other of, like, (laughs) getting Serenity sick Mm -hmm. and, like, smacking each other and then cutting back to Yugi and Taya, like, oh, I hope they're not in danger. Oh, I'm sure they'll be fine. They always have each other's back. And (laughs) cut to, like, Tristan is, like, got uh, Duke by the neck and he's, like, cartoon, like, shaking him. Yeah. (laughs) Wubble, wubble, wubble. It's really good. The 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 exchange the part of that exchange I really like is when Yugi's like, "Yeah, I'm especially worried about like Serenity and Tristan because they've never dueled before and if they have to go up against one of the big 5, like that's really dangerous." And Taya goes, "No, nah, it'll be fine. I hardly ever duel and I beat that idiot." <laughs> yeah, even like Taya does have like they have no respect for the big 5. Yeah. Just like us the viewers. Yeah. No Which one I, takes I, the big five seriously. 
I think it's great. You know, if I think if Taya is at the point where she doesn't take the big five seriously, then we can pretty much write them off as villains. Yeah. It was like, she's like, this guy was just a fucking penguin. I dueled him and like blew him up. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but then we cut away to, we go back to the Kaiba brothers, right? Back to our good friends, the Kaiba bros. Super uh, Kaiba bros. Three. Thank you so much for to playing my game. <laughs> uh, Wahoo! They... <laughs> Mamma mia! They have found that their princess is in another castle and they continue to walk through the virtual woods when another door appears in front of them. Another spooky door appears. They open the spooky door. Uh, it's Kaiba's office in Kaiba Corp. They're like, what? But the chair turns around. It's not their office. It's Gozaburo's office. This is oh, back no. when Gozaburo Kaiba was in charge of the company. They get another virtual flashback of young Seto confronting Daddy Kaiba. <laughs> Please don't use that tone of voice to say that. <laughs> Daddy Kaiba. I am so uncomfortable right now. <laughs> Lauren is giving a big thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Lauren. She can't hear uh, me, but thank you. Gozaburo Kaiba. Uh, yes. Doesn't like Seto's ideas. Ka- Ka- uh, Seto brings him a presentation that he has prepared. He has young, created... Young Seto. Young, young Seto. Seto. Sorry. Yeah. Flashback uh, Seto. Yeah. Ghost Seto. Of the past. Uh, the ghost of Seto's past. It's like, hey, I designed this new video game software. I think you should take a look. And Gozaburo is like, are you fucking kidding me? We're a military contractor. We don't make video games. We're not Nintendo. I already have to deal with this one fucking idiot who wants to make a penguin park. <laughs> you think I'm going to take this seriously? And like, Kaiba straight up insults him. You never take me seriously. This is the biggest mistake of your life. You're rotten and I hate you. Yeah, he's like, my my virtual reality software can make this company billions of dollars, but you won't listen to me. And Gozbro's like, guards, take away my stepson. Uh, and the guards, each of which has ridiculous hair, takes Hedo away. Yeah, and Gozbro shouts something after him of like, uh, you have to forget about this game. You have to focus on fighting your enemies, defeating your enemies, rising to ultimate power. That is the true path to victory. Um, Which, I like, so- sounds familiar. Yeah. This is like... He has a point. They are a military contractor. Yeah. Yeah. Kaiba Corp also like- does what Nintendo doesn't. <laughs> true. Accurate. Uh, I noticed that one of these guards has that giant hair spike, just like that one guy in Duelist Kingdom. Is it the same guy? Is it the same guy? Did he just transfer thug jobs to Pegasus's company? Or is it... <laughs> is that just a popular hairstyle for guards? <laughs> just like one you go, enormous spike sticking out the front of your head. Like a like unicorn. A, you, you know, like going to the barber as a kid and you get like the, the poster, the like old-fashioned poster with here the nine haircuts for men or whatever. Mm-hmm. You've seen those. Yeah. Is it that, but you go to the guard barber, the the, the garber, uh, and and there's a poster, and it's like three haircuts, and one is like Buzz, 
one is medium and then the other is just giant spike i think so i don't know it might be the same guy and he just found name. another job on um maybe he got fired when kaiba took over and he found a new job on henchman craigslist it could be i'm trying isn't his name something super he does weird? Have a name. Isn't it isn't it like cancer or something? What was his name? God, now that's gonna bug me. It's not Croquet. Although no, croquet that was a is young like Croquet. Pegasus that would be amazing. manservant. I'm just gonna uh, Google spiky hair Yu-Gi-Oh guard. Chemo. Chemo. Yeah. I was close. <laughs> I was close. Cancer. Yeah. Uh, but it's chemo with a K. Yeah, chemo. Chemo. Uh, yeah, you know, it could have been chemo. It, yeah, you know, other other names. The hair guy. Yeah, it could have been chemo. It might have been chemo. Might have huh. been chemo. Anyway, uh, so Seto gets dragged we away. We can't tell and... if it's him for sure because he doesn't get to use his famous catchphrase, "Attention duelists." <laughs> right. Uh, so he, that flashback ends. We cut back to uh, the courtroom drama. Joey has to call his next witness, according to Johnson. Oh, we should note here, though, uh, before we cut back. Uh, mm. goes, uh, Kaiba has like a little monologue explained to Mokuba, or to himself, or us, the viewers, I don't know, uh, that Gozaburo didn't, in fact, take Kaiba's program anyway and pass it off as his own. Oh, right. Yes. And he explains that the virtual world they're in is effectively that. Like, it's the same thing that he built, just with some modifications. Yeah, it's a modded version of his own program. And that's why it feels so familiar to him. So somehow Noah got access to Kaiba Mm -hmm. Tech. And he's using his own creations against him. (gasps) Gasp. Evil. Uh, the gavel, the gavel gavels, and Joey calls his next witness by playing Rocket Warrior. Uh, he has Gear Friend go to attack, but Judge Man activates That's his name his... now. <laughs> <laughs> That's his name. Uh, Gear Friend, the Iron uh, Giant, uh, goes to attack, but Judge Man activates his Deck Master ability, which he calls Clear the Courtroom. Joey is and, shocked to learn that Judge Man has Deckmaster powers as well. Oh no! How many times will the audience have to be reminded that all Deckmasters have abilities? <laughs> uh, he is able to sacrifice a thousand life points to clear all monsters from the field. That sacrifice takes Judge Man down to 200 life points. But Joey also loses 500 life points for each of his monsters on the field. Joey has three monsters out at this point, so that brings him down to 2,500 life points. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, meanwhile, Yugi and Teo find a mysterious door in the ice. They walk through it, and they join Joey in the courtroom. Yep, you know, that the, the ice world's connected to the... Judge world. Judge world's connected to the forest world. <laughs> uh, classic video game logic. I, I love it. All these like weird worlds are just like instantly next to each other. There's no smooth gradients of biomes here. 
It's just like in Minecraft where there's like a desert bordering an ice castle. Yeah, it's better, I guess, than the alternative, which they totally could have done. And that's the uh, the Kingdom Hearts model where you spend 30 minutes in the gummy ship doing a mini game. <laughs> the Yugi ship. The Yugi ship. Well, again, when we get to finally pitching Delta V. Oh, yeah. The Let's literal Yugi ship. The actual Yugi ship. That's when we'll actually have a spaceship to call their own. Also, Gradius is in this game. Uh, so, uh, they are all together. Friends they're like, forever. They're like, hey, Joey. And he's like, hey, guys, I'm just about... In, you caught me in the middle of kicking this judge's ass. <laughs> um, but Judge Man summons a uh, lo- hot, local hot single, Curtain of the Dark Ones. <laughs> the cuddliest monster yes yes the cuddliest monster excellent at hugging excellent at cooking and then he polymerizes it with mystic elf to well create... by curtain of the dark ones <laughs> yeah <laughs> i hardly knew ye uh he polymerizes it with mystical elf to create camion wizard a sure. card which bears little to no resemblance with either curtain of the dark ones or mystical elf it's it's a wizard that wears black. Cool. Yep. Fuck if I know how polymerization works. Uh, Judge Man also plays Sinister Justice, a card which lets Camion Wizard attack right away. Uh, normally, fusion monsters would have to wait a turn, but this lets him attack right away. He attacks, and Joey goes down to 1,200 life points, and then Sinister Justice gives Judge Man 800 life points Every time he attacks Joey directly with Camion Wizard. So he goes back up to a thousand life points. So and then he plays it was a face his plan card. from the beginning yep. uh, to cripple Joey and then just keep boosting his own life back up while Joey's gets slower and lower. Not bad. And Joey even sounds like kind of incredulous at this point. He goes, This was your plan all along, wasn't it? And Judgment's like, Yeah, it's called yes. a strategy. <laughs> That, that was my idea, yes. And then Johnson says, but I have far worse in store for you, Joseph. And that's the end of the episode. Bum, bum, oh, what I, was the best part of the episode for you? I also want to point out, Joey had a good line. Uh, Whatever mm. monster he's creating will get sucked right into my bottomless trap hole. Oh, right. That's the <laughs> trap card he plays is the bottomless trap hole. <laughs> Oh, boy. The uh, show's my, good sometimes. It, it has its moments. Um, my best of the show was that it really cracks me up that Johnson calls him Joseph all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but my real best was that it's nice for a, a dual-heavy episode to have all these cutaways to what the other characters are doing. Mm. It's like we talked about a few episodes ago. We can actually see what they're up to instead of just looking at this duel the whole time. Yeah, this is, I I go back and forth on that because it was annoying during Yugi's duel with Gansley because like that felt like, okay, this is the part of the plot that we care about. Why are we getting all these cutaways to things that we don't care about? But now it's kind of flipped where it's like, I don't really care how this duel turns out. I want to know how everyone else is doing. Yeah, and they're doing okay. It's just a, a checkup on the other characters. Yeah, it's nice. What was your best? 
my best is how much of the show, especially this episode, boils down to people yelling, you're wrong at each other. And like, that's the whole interaction is just going back and forth. Like, you're wrong. Aha. I would be wrong if it were not for this twist that makes you wrong. (gasps) That's also the entire plot to Ace Attorney. Yeah. I was going to say that makes the courtroom drama really like pop, you know, (laughs) it's very good. But uh, yeah, no, I I enjoyed that. How about your worst? Uh, My worst was the cutaway to Tristan Duke and Serenity because it, didn't really advance the plot. The one well, with Kaiba gave us a little more backstory. You didn't like their cute sneezing? <laughs> it's just them sneezing for like three minutes and that's mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, just a just a you know, just a lot of a lot of allergies going around or something. Like of all the cutaways we could get, I guess this one was just to remind us they exist. I don't know. It wasn't and, you know, terribly they're still alive. They're still they're alive. Sneezing. They're in the exact same place we left them. They're not really doing anything of importance or note. Somehow they took care of that rampaging dinosaur. Who knows how that turned out? They rode it into the uh, the swamp. Remember? And then it died. What? (laughs) And then it derezzed. I see. I see. Oh, pardon me. Virtual world. (laughs) What was your worst? Uh, I. As much as I like Noah's shtick of like. I'm going to torture you, Kaiba. It's kind of getting repetitive at this point. Like, how many flashbacks do we really need to get the point across? We've gotten the same thing happening how many episodes in a row? And it's the same thing every time. It's like, hey, Kaiba, do you remember how much you hate your gross old stepdad? Here he is again, doing some more shitty stuff. And Kaiba's like, yeah, I know. Oh, here's another flashback with him being a jerk again. And Kaiba's just like, yeah, I was there. I Yeah. <laughs> What's the like, point when of are all we, this? When are we going to get to the point where Kaiba wronged Noah, right? Like, that's what we're leading up to, clearly, is in yeah. some way, Noah is seeking vengeance for something that Kaiba did. But, like, what? He's just going to keep teasing it out until episode 50? Like, what? what where is the season going? Yeah, all he's doing right now is, like, showing Kaiba how right he was to take over the company from this asshole of a man who was, like, cruel to him. Yeah. And how much he loves his brother, his only friend in the world. Little Moki. Little Moki. Let's get back to, let's get back to Moki. (laughs) Let's get back to Moki. But yeah, it is just... Kind of boring seeing Noah sitting in his sit and spin with all his uh, his uh, <laughs> monitors around him being like, yes, I see all that is happening in this virtual world. All is going according to plan. Mwahaha. Time to mess with Kaiba some more. It's like, do something already, kid. Yeah. Do it. You, you keep, won't. <laughs> you keep talking about how you're going to take your revenge. So take your revenge. <laughs> Uh, what's the, what's the movie where he's like, stop talking about hitting me and hit me? Is that Fight Club? Completely about, I'm completely blanking. It's either Fight Club or Count of Monte Cristo. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, unless there's anything else you want to say about this episode, let's move on to the next part of the show. 
Let's move on to the part of the show that has the most punctuation. Okay. As we get set up for the next part of the show, as I invite my partner Lauren into the studio, I want to thank the mayor of Simi City, the architect, listener Simi, has emailed me yet again to tell us, uh, uh, sort of assess our performance in the last couple of games. Uh, I have been thoroughly roasted. Uh, by, by so Simi, so Simi concurs with me. Si- I'm not yeah. off base. No, choosing the winner. No, no, okay, no, no. Good. I, I let. I mean, I wouldn't care if I was. I get to decide, but I let myself down. <laughs> I think, I think it was Simi's assessment there, which, which was fair. Um, I also want to thank listener uh, Stephen R, who wrote us an email this last week and made us a trailer for this show. Oh yeah, that's really good, and we're going to be sharing Amazing. that on Twitter uh, uh, when uh, when we can. I think Jimmy, you and I are going to make like a graphic for it and put it up. Uh, we, we were messaging about that a little bit, so that'll be up on Twitter soon. I was um, so excited to listen to that. That was very fun. It it that makes, makes our, our show, show sound good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's really fun to listen to. So thank you, Stephen, for that. Um, okay, we have Lauren in the studio now, and we are going to play a little game that I'm I like sorry. to call. Huh? You have who in the studio? Pardon me. High Commissioner Lauren joins us in the esteemed studio <laughs> for an endeavor, a sporting jaunt into what we call you activated my podcast, season three, colon, Yu-Gi-Oh! Or not, season two, colon, enter the task dungeon. Welcome, High Commissioner Lauren. Thank you. How are you today? You know, I'm okay. This is my fourth uh, online meeting today. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Boy, really, really living in the Zoom world now, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. One of them uh, ended early but was still four hours long. So. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> that well, should be you know illegal. What? I know. This, in this meeting, you get to make us jump through <laughs> hoops for your yeah. entertainment. This is by far the easiest meeting. It will take, I'm so day. sorry, six hours. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, not that this is exactly a meeting, but you know what I meant. This is serious business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. The game as ever, is that Jimmy and I pick monsters from season three. We have two teams. Uh, the The spreadsheet that we use is in the show notes if you want to look at it. Uh, we each have a team of monsters. We each pick a monster, and then, Lauren, you will give us a task which those monsters must complete. I believe, Jimmy, that I picked the monster first last time. Does that sound right? You did. Okay. You picked left you... arm of the forbidden one. I did, and that was my downfall. Uh, would you please pick the first monster? You know what? I glanced at my team of monsters and one of them just felt right immediately. I think today hmm. is the day for Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. <gasps> wow. All right. Holy shit. Okay. Bring out the, the big A guns. big boy. Three uh, big boys and one boy. <laughs> There's too many boys in these boys. It's a common Yu-Gi-Oh problem. Uh, okay, Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon for you. I am then going to pick. Oh, oh dear. See, there's a. Mm, mm, okay, I'm gonna go with Defender Iceberg. Wow. Oh, that another, guy. Was, uh, 
last time. Sounds cool. Another big boy. Uh, all right. Defender Iceberg Frosty versus the Snowman. Yes, thank you. Uh, versus Blue Eyes White Dragon. Wow, you went for a similar aesthetic here. Ultimate yeah, very dragon. Very sort of uh, uh, white, silver, bluish. I see. Yeah. I, I need to point out, is Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon? Oh, pardon me, pardon me. Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. Three Blue Eyes White Dragons in a polymerization card. Yes. Three Blue Eyes that have been in a horrible transporter accident and got two vixed together. <laughs> yes. You like my hilarious Voyager reference? <laughs> That's great. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, hi, Commissioner Lauren. You oh, have boy. seen the monsters. What is your task for us this week? So this week, I didn't have one pre-picked. <gasps> I wanted to read through my list. I know, I know. I'm sorry. Um, I wanted to read through my list and see if anything lined up um, with what you guys chose. Okay. Um, if there was an appropriate challenge for an ultimate dragon and a snowman. Yeah, so so I'm just killing time while I look through that right now. Do you want to build a dragon? <laughs> it's got three heads, maybe more. Okay. You, all right. Yeah, you, you've done it. Okay. Oh, no. Your challenge this week. Oh, no. Write <laughs> and perform the next Eurovision Song Contest winning song. <gasps> now, Jimmy, I don't know We're how familiar... We're going for the big guns. This this may be unfair to Jimmy. Jimmy, I don't know how familiar you are with Eurovision. I know we did a, a music video one, but this is different. This is this very is different. different. God. Okay. You're making me, an American, have to do Eurovision? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's got to be something against this in the Constitution. <laughs> Uh, for our uh, American listeners who may not be familiar with Eurovision, Eurovision and non non European vi- listeners, if there are any, that's and true. Non well, Eurovision winning countries, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, which is that also, also includes the England, UK. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so Eurovision is the European Song Contest. It's uh, similar to like American Idol or Pop Star, Pop Idol. Uh, kind of but on a much larger scale exactly each country has a contest where various bands apply and audition and compete to have their song represent the entire country in the grand finale european eurovision uh performance and it's these big productions with outlandish costumes and uh they've been doing a lot of like projection stuff the last few years i think the american equivalent is the super bowl halftime show yes um it's always like i wouldn't call it exactly top 40 music but i think the people well it's not necessarily established groups sometimes it is but sometimes it isn't um, I think the American equivalent groups would be people like Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, Beyonce. It's very like popular. Yeah, but it peppers. would be well. But the no. thing, the thing about it is, it would be like picture a band. The bands that have come out of it as very famous are like ABBA. Yeah, one 
Eurovision. But they never they never come into Eurovision. Well, at super least, famous, not really. At least in, in recent years, they always start as like kind of unknown. Mm-hmm. So picture like here's a band that sounds exactly like uh, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, but yeah. you've never heard of them. Now it's location locked, so you can't view past Eurovision on YouTube, unfortunately. Um, if you're not in Europe somewhere, but you can listen to them on Spotify, the bands a lot of times. So if you're curious about the type of Eurovision songs, I know this doesn't really work for Jimmy and I'm sorry, but look up Netta. Um, any TTA toy is really good. Yeah. Um, that's her song. This seems designed uh, to make me years unable ago. to win. No, no, it's not. That's why we're giving you this background information. Uh, there's also um, there's a there's a very funny movie on Netflix. Dottie Freyer. Oh, Dottie Freyer is, is great. another really good one. Uh, Little but, Big. Yeah, Little Big was supposed to be at Eurovision this last year, yeah, and I was Eurovision very excited because I love Little Big, but uh, it got canceled. Yeah. Um, there, anyway, that's a, just for listeners if they're curious. There's also a movie on Netflix called Eurovision: The Legend of Fire Saga. Uh, and that is Will Ferrell doing a movie about Eurovision, and it's very, very funny. I'm sorry, Jimmy. This isn't designed to 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 put you at a disadvantage, but I will point out that you are at an advantage currently. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, not against. I me, think it's not not against me either. Well, I think if you like, if you describe a very good performance or some like it does i don't know it's just a musical show surrounding pop music performers yeah. very very high budget musical performance of bubblegum pop sort of okay and i want to see blue eyes ultimate dragon do it so because jimmy picked the monster first i will go first this week and maybe maybe this will help you jimmy so the thing about Defender Iceberg. Before we begin, yes. When you just when you say it's Eurovision, are mm-hmm. we writing a, a song about these monsters, or are the monsters giving the performance at Eurovision? They I'm picturing the monster the performance. At yeah, Eurovision. Tyler, your opinion doesn't matter. High Commissioner yeah. Laura. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I get that as a sound clip? Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're performing. They are writing and performing the songs. Okay. So it's kind of like our our previous head-to-head competition, but on a much grander scale. Yes. And, and live. With the genre defined. And live. And a bigger budget. Okay. So, Defender Iceberg. The thing about Defender Iceberg is he's all about body positivity. Defender Iceberg is thick with like 15 Cs. Defender Iceberg is a big boy. Defender Iceberg's song begins in a very somber mood. The lights are out save for a single blue spotlight on Defender Iceberg standing center stage. And he sings... Uh, uh, a lilting world weary baritone about how he was pushed around as a child 
He was told that he would never be anyone, that he would never be loved by anyone or deserving by anyone. And as he reaches the the crescendo of the first verse, he holds a note, one wavering note. And as he does, a drum beat hits and it keeps a steady rhythm. And as the drum beat continues, the lights begin to come on and the lights begin to flash with the beat. And Defender Iceberg has been wearing a cloak this whole time, a white cloak, and he drops it and he's wearing a red bodysuit that sequins head to toe. And he goes, but now I'm dummy thick or I don't know, something. And he's proud. He is proud of the way his body looks and he has, and I think this is the name of the song, Thick skin. And it's like 12 C's. Thick skin. Because the thing about Defender Iceberg is he has zero attack, but he has 2450 defense. He is he is an immovable object. And as he says this, five backup dancers in uh, various sequined bodysuits, uh, all roughly Defender Iceberg size and shape, gather around in sort of a, a pentagram and they all do a, a choreographed dance that's a lot of arms that's a lot of curves that's a lot of like feeling themselves you know uh like this is this is very much like i am putting my body on display and you will like it i don't care that i am a million pound iceberg <laughs> this is about me and loving who i am and there's nothing that you can say and the you, like he says you, but it's really, you get the, you know that there's a specific person that this song is about. And gosh, that person feels silly right now because Defender Iceberg is on Eurovision. And uh, as the the beat builds, you get some synths, you get, uh, I'm picturing like an electric guitar that's doing like a Santana type thing. Uh, it's, it's a very like sexy guitar riff. Uh, and then as it as it continues to build, you get pyrotechnics in the background and fireworks start going off on stage live. And then the projection in the back is uh, is uh, icebergs uh, melting and then it becomes a message about environmentalism. And as the oceans rise and the ice falls, Defender Iceberg goes back to the solemn single. He's all on his own. And he unzips the bodysuit and he reveals his icy flesh and he ends on I have thick skin. And then the light recedes. Scene. Thank you. Thank you. That's Thick Skin by Defender Iceberg, available now on Spotify. All right. Well, Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon <laughs> cannot speak. Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon only roars. What can you do with <laughs> roaring? Well, there's a lot of things you could do, but as previous famous uh, European songs have gone, uh, his goal is to be as catchy as possible with and and go viral with just with only vocals um 
that doesn't have any words. It's just uh, vocalizing. And to do that, uh, Blue-Eyes White Dragon is going to lean heavily into his own aesthetic, or their own aesthetic, given that it has three heads, and therefore three members of the band, not <laughs> penises. I saw that face you made, Lauren. You heard it here first. Who boy? Blue-Eyes Tri-Dick. <laughs> Blue-Eyes Ultimate Dick. Uh... Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon is going to lean heavily into electro-pop music. This is not some soulful ballad about environmentalism. Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon is here to get down in the discotheque. <laughs> it's the 90s, baby. It's Eurovision. Uh, Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon is coming from a like a post-Soviet country. He is leaning heavily into the extremely chrome aesthetic. Everything is silver and shiny. Um, he's leaning into, like, sort of a cross between Lady Gaga and, like, the Trollolo guy. It's all ululations <laughs> and roaring. Oh, oh, yes. I love that song. <laughs> I'm, picturing, I'm picturing just the opening to Poker Face. Or, no, Bad Romance. Sorry, Bad Romance. Anyway, continue. He doesn't, he can't say any other words. Because he's a dragon. We've only ever heard him scream. He can't speak. Um, so uh, his his set is basically going to be an intensely synthes- um Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Choreographed. Intensely choreographed and sensuous movement of the three necks. And while other people like maybe can move their hands while dancing, he has a lot to work with head and neck-wise. Uh, and so he's doing a lot of, like, sleight of hand. Not to mention his three dicks. Not to mention his three prince prehensile dicks. <laughs> uh, but he's Prehensile, doing a lo- <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just like the necks. Um, but he's doing a lot of what might be considered, like, Wait. sleight of hand. Except it's sleight... Are you telling me that Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon just has a smaller Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon <laughs> on his crotch? <laughs> Six heads total. But yes, as he he's as he ululates, uh, his three heads can do what can only be described as sleight of hand. You know, uh, things you can like, like things you might see in like a viral TikTok video of like doing things with your arm that don't look possible, except he's mm. doing that with his three massive dragon heads go weaving in and out and in front of each other and like forming knots. And then like magically they like come apart again. And as he's doing this, there's like a chorus in the background backing up his vocals while um, he plays the, the keyboard with his two hands. Uh, and it's very <laughs> heavy. It's, it's a very like, catchy snappy pop beat uh that you might find on the dance floor in europe in like the 90s and the early 2000s um and it it brings down the house and goes viral on pre-youtube internet this is something that you would find on like limewire or something back in the day one of those like oh, viral so it's video literally sites. in the 90s yes he is living oh, in the nineties. Okay, okay. That is where Yu-Gi-Oh is from. That is where Blue Eyes gotcha. Ultimate Dragon is from. It is a celebration of all things nineties. Um, 
just the the hottest synth pop beat you've heard in your life. This gets you up off the floor, and for the the ultimate um, for his blue eyes ultimate chorus, uh, he raises his two wings and sings uh, in midair as he flies around the stadium. That's it. That's blue eyes ultimate dragon. Wow. Tyler, your rebuttal? Okay, so Jimmy did bring up a very important point, and it's that I did not point out what country Defender Iceberg is representing. Right. Defender Iceberg is, of course, Spanish. <laughs> not Antarctic? No. Well, no. They're, not, they're not European. True. Uh, 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 isn't... Oh, somewhere oh. like Finland or Iceland or... Isn't Spain in Eurovision, though? Who am I thinking of? Yeah, Spain's in yeah, Eurovision. Yeah. He's from. He's representing. No, I said Spain. Antarctica. Is oh, not... I see what you're saying. I'm European. sorry. I misunderstood. No, I don't think. Well, they would. They would have a very limited selection from Antarctica. I think. Uh, very, very few musicians at the North Pole. Uh, Although Australia is in it, and they're not in Europe either. So. Right. Yeah. But you know. It, yeah. They're they're part of the uh, the Commonwealth, though. That's true. Right. Although we'll see if England's in it next year. Um, so the thing about Defender Iceberg, he is Spanish. He is, uh, uh, representing Spain. Uh, the part of the song where the beat reaches its climax and then the bass drops, he does a rap in Spanish, which yes, I know is a risky move. Typically Eurovision songs are going to be in English to get the widest range, but he's here to defend his homeland. And the thing about the rap in Spanish is that the lyrics come up on the screen behind him and they rap or they rhyme rather in both Spanish and English. And that's an impressive feat. While he does this, as the rap ends, the beat reaches yet another peak and then everything goes silent. The lights drop. Flames erupt from the stage and Defender Iceberg is a fire spinner and he spins twin flames around in his arms and as he That's does so the boot begins to pick You're back up and stuff. yeah he's just adding and he begins i mentioned pyrotechnics before uh-huh. because he is ice he does begin to melt and yes part of the choreographed I dance just, is the backup dancers say. using the stage as a slip and slide can i offer my own rebuttal Yes, closing comments, Jimmy. If your song doesn't have any lyrics, it's universally enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) I have have several prog rock albums that would tell you otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There is some precedent for this, though, because there are... um, There's always that one group that does screamo in another language that you can never understand in Eurovision, which feels similar. Um, this is a this is a difficult decision because Tyler has described a very formulaic and typical Eurovision Ouch. song. Ouch. Well, it's true. See, being an American, I'm coming to it fresh with my own exactly. unique style <laughs> your own unique style that is the 90s that is the 90s yes 
That is a dragon in the 90s. Ah, uh, yes. So dragon in the 90s. If, if Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon could sing, maybe those would be the lyrics. <laughs> maybe those are the lyrics. Just They're just translated into yeah, words. From in the liner notes. I'm so sorry, Tyler. I'm going <sighs> to give it to Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. Yes! Another oh. stunning victory for Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just, it's for a couple of reasons. I think, I think that you, that even though you're more familiar with Eurovision, I think I, I could see where you were drawing your inspirations. Like I could, I could give you your sources where you pulled them from. And I was just hoping for something a little more original from you in All this right. instance okay. i'm so sorry that's no, okay in jimmy's defense i also feel like defender i feel like the pyrotechnics are too were too much of a risk like if he's singing about environmentalism he shouldn't be wanting the iceberg to melt summertime it's the summer bubble time it's fine it's fine <laughs> In Jimmy's defense, <laughs> 80s and 90s nostalgia is alive and well in Europe. Yeah, it, you can, it plays really well in Eurovision. You can go to any pub in England and begin singing the first few words to Wonderwall, and the entire pub will sing the rest of the song with you. Yeah. Although they do prefer Oasis's other work. That's true, but I don't know those songs, so. Yeah. I'm, I'm All right. just remembering those videos I've seen of just some random street in England and someone drives by with their windows down playing uh, Vanga Boys and suddenly like everyone on the entire yeah. street starts dancing. Yep. The Vanga bus is always on its way in England. Also, I, I kind of just wanted to see the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon performance with the six heads in the prehensile dicks that's and i don't know it's just intriguing that's fair that's all right okay i guess i gotta would make, that be allowed or would work, get work more blue next time oh no that would be allowed they yeah some of them get very sexual right uh, oh no no okay. they do they definitely do all right. Well, congratulations, I'm Jimmy. I'm sorry, Tyler. I'll get you next time. <laughs> uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Before we close out, I do want to say in the show notes, as always, is a link to blacklivesmatters.card.co. Uh, now is the time Oof. to, yeah, help donate to places if you can. But most importantly right now, A, number one, wear your masks. B, number two, Register to vote and vote for Joe Biden. Like this is not I am not here to 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 mince words. Vote for Joe Biden this yeah, year. Yeah, as someone who works in the same building as a news station, I am less safe in the current environment than I would have been 5 years ago. Yeah. Is Joe Biden the perfect choice? No, of course not. But it puts us in a much better position to start to fix all the other things that will still need fixing after Joe Biden is elected president in November. It means my workplace won't have to have a riot gate up in case an active shooter gets in, which has been in the hallway this entire time. 
And it means that millions of homes across America will be safer from their own active shooter scenarios that are more likely than not going to be police officers. Yeah. Because as we have seen this week, police officers can shoot a black woman in Louisville and get charged for the bullets that miss. You can't shoot some drywall. That's no good. Right. So go visit that link in the show notes. Register to vote if you haven't already. Voting is November 3rd. Uh, Vote in margins that they can't manipulate. Yes, vote clearly. Uh, And if you can mail in your ballot, please do so because that will mean fewer people at the physical polls, which means less of a health risk for everyone. (sighs) Okay. That's the serious part. Thank you again for listening to the show. If you want to email us, that's youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. Our website is heartofthe.cards. We have a contact form there as well. And you can see all the details about You Activated My Podcast Season 3, Yu-Gi-Oh! or not, Season 2, colon, enter the task dungeon there. Is there anything I'm forgetting, everybody? Is that it for this week? That's it. All right. Next week, we're going to be doing Courtroom Chaos Part 2. Until next time. Whatever monster he's creating will get sucked right back into my bottomless trap hole.